Hi there, I'm Alan Mann, and this is Stories in Stride, brought to you by American Region Animal Health, the makers of Ataquan IN. In this series, we take a glimpse into the remarkable true events of those who have left their mark on our equestrian community. We hear the heartbreaks and triumphs and the untold stories of our equestrian heroes and their amazing animals. The journey starts now. Today, our special guest is Greg Williams, head equestrian coach at Auburn University. Greg was instrumental in starting the equestrian program at Auburn 25 years ago, and through his efforts, the program has progressed from a club sport to Auburn's 21st varsity sport. His successes include six national titles, five hunt seat national titles, one Western national title, two SEC titles, and three Southern Equestrian Championships. Greg was also named NCEA Coach of the Year in 2019 and 2020, as well as the SEC Coach of the Year in 2020. Welcome, Greg. Glad to be here. That's uh, uh, quite an accomplishment. I would have to think that uh, that success in any varsity sport has to be really uh, rewarding for you. It's Truly is rewarding for me, but my favorite thing when you talk about rewards is that the sport I love and the university I love are really now known all over the country where a lot of times people didn't associate horses and Auburn. And uh, so that's my favorite thing. And certainly a lot of the young riders talk about Auburn now. So that's fun. That is awesome. So uh, speaking of horses, can you take us back to where your journey began with these amazing animals? My love for horses comes from my mom. She is horse crazy. Uh, she rides several days a week still today, you know, now, and uh, lives out on the farm with her horses. She's passionate about it. That's why I got the love for it. Uh, she was a school teacher. My dad's a professor. So as I was moving up, if I was really going to have to get on some good horses, I was going to have to be a professional to really get into the type of horses I wanted to ride. And so that's where the journey just sort of put me. Um, you know, I've got a lot of background, did a lot of uh, rodeoing as well as showing, and so that was a big passion of mine. Yeah, I tried for years and years to try to do it full-time. Thank God I wasn't good enough, or I'd hurt more than I do now, probably, if I'd have kept doing that. But um, So really, it was just kind of a natural path then. If I, you know, to get to the good horses to ride, it had to become an occupation for me to, to make that happen. And, you know, it's been a lifelong love but it really has made it a lifelong dream now to be able to to do this that's tremendous so some of our listeners may not be that familiar with how the collegiate equestrian sports program works can you help uh, us better understand uh, just the format of competition certainly well in ncaa you go that the competitions are head-to-head so two schools are going to compete head-to-head there's four events two jumping seat events, which is on the flat and over fences, and the other Western events are horsemanship and reining. So it's a, it's a set of horses that goes in each, in each event. And um, one girl from your school is going to draw that horse. One girl from the opposing school is going to draw that horse. And I do keep saying, girls, in the NCAA, it is a female-only sport in the NCAA. Your job is to beat the girl that draws the same horse you do. So you're both going to get judged through a pattern, over fences, in a reigning pattern, whichever event you're on. And you've got to beat the girl to draw the same horse you do. So we still deal, deal with live animals. Certainly you can have a horse to, that can mess up a little bit on their own. But uh, usually the best rider can get the best rides out of the horses. 
So we're trying to neutralize the horses uh, as being a factor in it and uh, just really trying to get down to, to who the best rider was that day. So when you're out scouring the country for talent, is there certain types of individuals you're looking for? Well, th there are. A lot of these girls have worked really hard here at Auburn. That's something that we really value a lot. And the fact is they still, every time they break it down, it's work, hard work. I mean, we really, really believe in that. And it's not just on the backs of the horse. It's work around the barn. It's, it's the ownership and accountability in that place. So it's got to be people that are going to be buying into that. These are great riders. And Alan, as you know, I mean, they're, they're at the largest venues all over the world competing. They don't need the NCAA, uh, let alone just Auburn, but they don't need the NCAA to compete at a high level like a lot of other athletes do. What they need us for is the team. This is a time when they actually can be part of a team, win as a team. And we have had girls that have won the biggest platforms, won the medal finals. All of that has been won. And they'll still tell you every time they said that it's most nerve wracking is uh, competing for those national championships as a team. And, that, and that's what means a lot to me is that's what it means. So I look for that. I want people that will be willing to put the other 39 girls ahead of themselves. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so through that, your program has been extremely successful. Is there a particular championship or a defining moment that's left a lasting impression on you? Um, there are a number of them. Going undefeated, that wasn't really a goal, even an intention, but that was a big deal, you know, so, so those are big. But if you want to know what my biggest championship will be, is the one that Auburn Equestrian wins when I'm no longer the head coach. That's the one I want the most. Wow. Wow. The legacy, huh? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's when you'll know we've done it right. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm mostly excited about. So how does the university support the equestrian community? And are, you know, when you win a championship, is that a big deal at, at Auburn? They, uh, we roll Tumor's Corner. I mean, you've got the band, the cheerleaders, the news, the mayor, the ADs. I mean, everybody's out there for that. That is wonderful. The greatest thing we get to do though, Alan, is then in the fall, and they'll do it during one of our big SEC games, is you walk out on that field with those girls, you know, in front of 80 plus thousand people screaming and they get championship rings. It's, well, you know, you feel like a dad in this. So if you can imagine all that happening for your daughters out there. Yeah, that's a, it, it, you get showcased like I've never seen in the equestrian world, just because of all these other 20 sports with you, you know, it actually multiplies your effect. Wow. That, that must be one of those once in a lifetime moments for those girls. And, you know, you've done it a few times, so I'm sure yeah. it, it never gets old, right? Yeah, no, I, I like to make sure each one of them at least gets a repeat. So, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's a pretty high goal, but you've been able to accomplish that. And, you know, I've had the chance to meet uh, many of your teams over the years at the uh, championships in Waco, and, you know, could feel the level of excitement and also the way that they would acknowledge the scholastic part of the uh, program. Not only are you bringing in talent, but you're bringing in brain power. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do you think is the most important part of everything these girls go through? What really stands out? Our mission is to empower young women. And for them, it's to create the ultimate team experience. 
you know, I love education. My whole family's been in education, but it's never been about the books themselves because all the universities use the same curriculum, same books all over the country. It's really what you can become at a university that's so important. And that's why if you go to community service, that them giving back, they're the ones that they tell this over and over. They're the ones that get the reward in the end. And, you know, I told them I was an Auburn kid. If you could just know what it's like to have an athlete come in your school. And they were all, and they sat there and thought for a minute. I said, just imagine you being six, seven-year-old girl and an Auburn equestrian comes in your classroom, what you want to be. And they're just, they all start getting it then. You know, the giving back is what works. Well, the same thing about academics, and, and uh, we're blessed that we've got a lot of these come from very driven households. Their success at home, and they, they are, you know, want their kids to carry the same kind of level of commitment to hard work and success. And uh, Virgil Starks, who he ran our academic program for years, we're good friends, but he always said something that really stuck with me as he said, the greatest indicator of success in college are expectations from home. And my wife, who taught fourth grade, said, yep, same thing in fourth grade. And so that's the one thing I think we have going for us is these expectations from home are high. And, you know, a lot of people at first, they'll say, well, is this just a really a blue blood sport? Are these a bunch of princesses? And, you know, and actually now the other teams will send some of their kids when they get in trouble out there to work with us. You know, I mean, so that's, that's the truth. You know, and it's what these girls do every day. And, and they thought, you know, I just didn't really realize how, how much of a blue-collar sport this really was. I mean, they are literally in the dirt and grime all the time. The work has to be done by them. I mean, you don't have our, our game day people can't come out there and, and work with the horses. You know I mean? So they've got all that prep to do, uh, plus facility work and stuff like that. So I think that is just such a big piece of what they're going to become. I don't want them to get insecure. You know, I want them to – uh, push forward, help each other go higher than they ever thought they could. That's a great, that's a great insight. So what advice would you give to those parents that are listening to this, that have these young girls that are dreaming of doing something special in the equestrian world? You got to get them around some people that have been there that, you know, so that you know that they've got the, the right information and have serious conversation with all those people involved and say, you know, I want you to treat her well, but uh, I want you to be honest with her and let us know what we need to do. This is going to be on the soapbox a minute, but just, you know, don't run interference. Uh, probably sometimes one of the greatest, great teachers are great for education. Sometimes a bad teacher may be just as good. You know? <laughs> I mean, just, you know, let them learn those parts of life. Let life lessons are important. The other thing, if I, if I tell parents anything, you can create the situation for them. But the other thing that I, I never could understand, we kept saying cell phones are killing kids. Cell phones are ruining kids. And I couldn't quite understand it until I realized it's because we answer all their questions now. Yeah, I'm old enough. I couldn't just call somebody every time I had a question. You know, I had to figure it out, make a decision, and move forward. These kids are honestly sharper than us. They'll be better prepared for the future coming if we'll let them grow up. And I said, just when they call with a question, don't answer it. Let them figure it out. And when you hang up, understand two things. It's going to cost you time and it's going to cost you money because they're going to make some <laughs> bad decisions. But that's our job. And the problem is phones have removed that critical skill of thinking and making a decision and sticking by it. They'll eventually get there, but we could speed it up if we if we'd let them. And they're gonna they're 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 better than us. They're honestly, this generation is better than us if we'll let them be. Wow, that's some great insight. So, so finally, what is your best advice 
that you received in your equestrian career? You know, I'll tell you one thing that is, is just start working and, and, and working through problems and don't, don't always take the easy road and don't talk about how rough water is. Just bring the ship in. And I think that's probably helped me more than anything. It's just the best thing somebody can tell me is that I can't do it. Well, I won't say just hide and watch. Don't make excuses. Just do it. Just bring, just get, get the results. Just get the results. Do you remember when I was there and met Jeff? And uh, yeah, I do. I do. Yep. We actually, you took me to the uh, Texas A&M was in town that week for both uh, the equestrian and the football. I actually had somebody a couple years later, and I think you and I had the same discussion because you and I have been, we've been friends for a long time. We've been at big venues together, horse venues and, uh, you know, other sports as well and football included. But that guy, he, he asked me one time we were down there on the field, just like, like you were, I know, and, and he said, does this ever get old to you? And I just looked around, I said, nah, never. I mean, this is <laughs> th just this pinnacle of being able to show off this university and this hometown to people, never. Wow, that's wonderful. That's a, that's a great way to wrap it up. And you know, I really want to thank you, Greg, for everything that you've done for so many in the equestrian world. And it's wonderful to see how these young ladies just have become, you know, model citizens across the country, regardless of what they end up doing. And just want to really thank you for taking us on this most amazing journey. Thank you. I appreciate that. As always, thanks for listening. Before you go, please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast. We want you to be the first to know of the incredible stories we have lined up in the coming episodes. Till then, happy riding.